Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Hey friends, welcome here to another episode of the Uncommon Lunchbox with your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Safright. Today we have on with this Kari Meyer. She is the director of sales for the Redux Group. And uh absolute superstar. I've had several one-on-one conversations with her. She's helped me in my personal business, helped me process through some things. I think you're in for a treat. Chris, what else do you got to say about our friend here? Yeah, Cardi has been a good friend of mine for many, many, many years. Super smart, super sharp. And uh, when uh, when she told me she was looking for a job um, as she was transitioning through some life circumstances, I was like, I don't know where that, what that would look like, but I need to find a way to be in business with this, uh, this superstar. So with that said, um, we found a role, I mean, through uh, church ministry, other stuff, like she had done a lot of training, mentorship, um, all the other stuff. And man, I'm like, oh, this is just, just a great fit. So with that said, Car, do you mind just kind of uh, giving us a little background, what brought you to where you were before and then, you know, where you are now, and then we can grill you on what you're doing to help make people better. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, first, thanks for having me. And uh, I'm so honored and happy to be part of the Redux team. This has been a fantastic first few months uh, working with this excellent team. And so I'm, I'm learning a lot. Uh, my background is uh, predominantly has been in consulting. Uh, I was um, an associate partner with a large uh, international consulting firm for about 18 years. And then uh, my husband and I started a consulting practice, uh, which involves strategic planning for large trade and professional associations. And so I had many roles within that. One was just starting the business and then also doing research and um, interacting with, uh, with ideas for that. And then if, additionally, I've led and been a part of number of community service organizations, starting programs um, for youth as well as uh, adults and women. And I do a lot of mentorship for women personally and professionally. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, uh, so consulting has pretty much been the majority of your life, optimizing, um, helping people optimize their business, optimize their life when it was through mentorship stuff. So just kind of getting the best out of what they have. Would you say that kind of okay. fits? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, last year I had, uh, you know, an unfortunate uh, life situation. I lost my husband unexpectedly and our business, um, changed dramatically. So I'm no longer part of that. And uh, I did have a discussion with Chris and said, Chris, you know, where do you think, you know, I could fit? And he suggested uh, Redux. And this has been a great fit so far because it brings together skills of mentoring and also business strategy and figuring out um, where people, how people can develop and also how to get the best outcome, the best uh, income and outcome for um, people-based decisions and performance. So I'm excited to be part of this sales director role and 
that's where I am. So it's part of navigating the unexpected, right? And I think um, that's where we are today, actually, with the market. So it's interesting that my life is sort of parallel with some of the decisions we have to make relative to what the market is delivering us right now. Yeah, it's, it hit, you know, you you got in and it got hard, like on day one from the time you <laughs> came, uh, came on board. So tell us this, you are seeing, um, you're working with agents a lot. And um, obviously, agents have every excuse not to do the things they need to do. Agents have like so many agents have so many giftings and tools. What would you say, um, you know, and listen, there's no sacred cows, right? Like, what would you say are the things that um, agents do to self-sabotage? And what are the mm-hmm. things that if you would say, hey, focus on these things, I, I, mm. I see success. Mm, mm, yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a good question also for our own personal lives, right? So I, I sort of see three things, um, and especially in the situation that we're in right now, right, where the market is changing, and a number of the agents, at least the ones that I'm working with, a number of them came in when things were really good. And so you sort of expect that that's the way it's going to be, and that business will be easy, and you get your process down, right? So I think the first thing is having a mindset that uh, there will be surprises, and you have to make a choice to say, I am in this because it is something I will navigate creatively and there will be surprises and there will be changes. And if you don't have a mindset that starts with, I'm in a business that changes a lot and I'm okay with that, then what happens is you become rigid and unwilling to change and be nimble. So the first thing is just being nimble with your own processes and having a perspective that I can be creative and and I can actually step in and not be afraid. So it's being brave and it's being hardworking. So those are the first two things, being brave in the situation and then being hardworking. The second is knowing your own strengths and weaknesses. So uh, having a good handle on what you do well and what it is about your skills that help bring the right outcome. So how can you actually work with a client to bring them to um, a close and conversion and knowing that, and then pairing that with what works. So where I see one of the biggest issues is that someone will come in and say, I'm really good with people and I can build rapport and I get the trust. However, I'm not willing to take that next step of a script that I'm uncomfortable with. So I might have to say some things that might be a little bit more uncomfortable for my personality type, but it's a script that works and it's a good script and it's it, it's not morally wrong. It, it's, it's something that you know it will work in the situation. And so I think agents talk themselves out of that because it doesn't fit with their personality. And then the third you. thing- let me interrupt you on that one real quick. So if somebody says to you, well, I don't like scripts because scripts don't sound like me, what what would be your response? Well, I would say that um, uh, it, it is a script that that is proven to work. So if you want to take your business to the next level, you have a choice. Actually, what I say is you have a choice. The one choice is you can do it the way you want to do it and you will get a certain outcome. Or you can look at the masters and you can look at the people who've done it well and have not only done it well, but exponentially done it well and learn from them and deliver like they deliver. And it will take you to the next step. So I really, what I say, it's, it's, it's their choice. 
and it feels uncomfortable, but one of the ways to get over the discomfort is repetition. So practice. We do a lot of role playing at Redux. And sometimes I think, wow, you know, we're, we're doing the script over and over, but I'm seeing such huge changes with um, comfort levels. So then you're less worried about your anxiety and you are, you're stepping into, um, owning and bringing leadership to the situation and actually helping your client in the end because you're you're not spinning in your own anxiety about a script i heard uh <laughs> i heard one response to that still makes me laugh to this day it was in front of this conference um the person was just asked if anybody had any questions afterwards and this girl stood up and she was just like she's like ah i just i just don't like how the scripts sound. It doesn't sound like me. And the guy said, well, how many transactions do you do a year? And she's like, I do eight. And she's like, yeah, you know, these came from somebody who does about 75 transactions a year. So yeah, it doesn't sound like you. It sounds like somebody that does 75 transactions a year. And everybody in the room went, oh my gosh, that is painful. So anyway, yeah, I, I think that's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, mm -hmm. Jeff, do you you have some more, or uh, I know, Car, you had uh, others that before I interrupted you that yeah. you were on track of. So, no, way, go ahead, Jeff. Do well, no, well, I, mean, I mean, we could riff on all this all day. So, just go ahead and finish. I think you had four and we got to three. So, why don't you go ahead and finish up and then we can. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So, the last one was um, so I know we talk about this a lot, especially in real estate, and I can um, verify it in the consulting world as well. And that is having a good personal process for your follow-up and, um, and owning, owning your clients, right? So, and I know this from having owned a business, I've been in large scale businesses and I've been in, you know, very small businesses. And so where I see uh, agents sabotage themselves is hoping that the next deal will just come through. And not realizing that the one, the, the person that they have in front of them is, is the most important person and to continue that relationship. So it's it's creating your system of continually following up with that person. Because in having been a buyer and seller myself and worked with some amazing people like Chris, uh, I know that it takes time. It takes time to, to make those decisions. And so when you realize that for your buyer or your seller, you are actually doing them a favor every time that you follow up. So that would be the fourth one. That's great. That's yeah. great. Awesome. Uh, what, one more question. And, and then I, I know Jeff, I'm sure you've got a, a bunch. So here, here's the question that I have um, dealing with people that are super smart and talented. Um, but I have not met an agent. Like, I mean, Gary Keller said uh, the problem with creative people is that um, they can solve lots of problems, but they're super creative. And so they end up uh, not doing things that are tried and true, right? They try to, they try to invent the wheel that's already working. And so um, dealing with like creative folks, where are you seeing, um, you know, like, I guess, butting of heads? And then where do you see, uh, you know, things actually working, you know, just, just kind of walking through the process. Cause all of us are like that, right. We all want to reinvent the wheel. We all want to do our own thing. That's what entrepreneurs do. Right. And so how does, how is that give and take playing out in the most successful ways? Mm, 
Yeah, that's such a good question. And uh, where I see this and what has been so interesting working in real estate and working with agents is that there's this huge entrepreneurial piece. And so you you do need self-initiative and you do need to be really creative. At the same time, you are also following a very specific process if you want to be successful. So you have to use both sides. And I think uh, where I've seen the most success is for those people who actually exhibit some humility around that to say, I love the creative process. I, I, I want to step in and figure this out and figure out what new buyer groups I can get into and expand my sphere. At the same time, I realize that I have to, you know, curb my creativity and take on someone else's really good ideas. And so the level of humility and willingness is where I see the most growth. And it is, it's really cool actually to work with agents. And I've been at this, what, maybe only four or five months. It's been a short time, but I've done a lot of role plays and I've done a lot of individual discussions and those agents who just want to soak it in and, and make changes, even if it goes against their creativity, they just, they change immediately and 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 we see the results in their work as well so and, and said, their levels of conversion and you said this like dealing with with us as agents you know this is essentially it's it's very similar to the entrepreneurs you're dealing with in your consulting world is that like as far as trying to keep keep people reined in on a on a straight path or or would you say it's a, a lot different than than that think it's the same i think anytime um so and i i think it's it's about being a business owner really it, it's if you if you want to start a business uh which you know i've i've sort of been in on this a couple of times in my many years and i was also part of the starting of you know the very early stages of this very large consulting firm was you know i i was very young at the time but i watched that grow and i watched them scale Right. So I think all the same choices are the choices are the same, whether you're an individual selling real estate or whether you're trying to sell big customer system installations to large companies. Um, it requires the same mindset and willingness to, you know, do what you have to do uh, to actually win the deal and exhibiting the creativity um, where where it allows you. So. Um, and I think there's a lot of room for creativity, even within the confines of what you need to do to be successful. So you take that and then it's sort of like playing piano, right? Or um, music. There are a lot of people who play by ear and many of them are successful, but not all of them. And so it's it, typically the ones take like Elton John trained classically and then improvises, but he always goes back to, you know, the classical training. And I think that principle is true in so many of the things that we do. Mm -hmm. Great. That's awesome. Cool. Jeff, what are some of your thoughts, questions, comments? Well, I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, entrepreneurs kind of bring this level of energy. You know, we exude our, we exude our energies through that kind of creative path and, and to, to, to some degree, and I, I can say this for myself, especially like there's something exciting about creating something new, right? Um, at the same time, I would say that entrepreneurs can also be developers, right? Mm -hmm. They can take something that is, and oftentimes I think an entrepreneur 
when they, um, you know, when they act as consultants for others, they, they kind of take this, they can take that same type of energy, but they can focus it towards developing, helping somebody else develop from where they are, right? From, from where they are to where they're going to. But when, when a system or a process is given to them that they haven't created or that is not theirs, that they kind of feel suffocated a little bit, right? And so, you know, I know for myself, if I can separate myself from that thing that's being given to me instead of me creating myself, and, mm. and I can look at it and go, okay, let me look at this thing. Let me know this system. Let me know this process. Let me know the scripts. Let me understand it. And once I understand it, because any good consultant is going to start with questions, right? Because we have to understand the context. We have to understand what mm-hmm. is, right? We got to understand what was, what is, um, so that we can understand, you know, how to best assist moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so if we can take that and we can say, okay, the, the best way that I can understand what is, is by engrossing myself into it right? It is by, is by getting myself into it. And so whether it's a system, whether it's a process, whether it's a script and say, okay, I want to know this thing and then I'm going to develop it. Then I'm going to, you know, then I'm going to move forward. So, but that, but the first part of that is spending well versus me telling you like how, how, how long or how often did you spend, how much time did you spend getting to know the companies or the individuals that you were, that you were consulting before you actually started helping them create you know, pass forward. I'm, I'm assuming there was a, a, you know, amount of time given there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I think, I think there's two pieces to this. One is I, I, you're making a point that there is, um, there's a rub when you're a really creative person um, to have to step into a system uh, that you didn't create. And I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm that way too. I, when I take on, I much prefer to start something new than to take on something that somebody else has created, right? And so um, I, I, I hear you on that. And so I, so my th- thought on that is one thing I learned early on in, in my life was that there is, there's gold and there's truth and there is great ideas in in really anything that's been developed so uh, take use if you're stepping into a system that's that's rigid find out what's really good about it and anchor to that and and hold it and and make it make it your own steal it boldly right? right so I think that's one piece and then the second is yeah so in our in our strategic planning uh, practice, uh, we did extensive research and that was actually my area. I um, I did all of the stakeholder interviews and the qualitative research prior to uh, the strategic plan being uh, executed. And interestingly enough, we were a little light on the research and it was during some of the down times when we had less work that we asked the question, and this is where the creativity came in. We asked the question, what do our clients need right now, right? So you take, you know, post 9-11 or, um, you know, during COVID, especially instead of being afraid and stepping back and saying, I'm not going to do the hard work. We said, how is this affecting our clients? What they need right now, we can't go do an in-person session with them like we always do. They can't bring their members together. However, we can offer research. So that research, the extent of that was born out of that. And we discovered that 
it was a lead time of a couple of months where we really need to step in. And, and the plans were so much better when we understood their needs, what the stakeholders are saying and so forth. And that's a typical part of the strategic planning process anyway. But I think there is there's something to that. And there's a lot of creativity with how you do that, how you answer questions. So when you are in a situation that's rigid, you figure out where can I be creative? So let even right now, market is, is slow. Who are my buyers? Who are my sellers and who needs me now? And let's take a buyer. Everyone's buying and everyone needs to buy and sell at some point, right? So it's, there are people out there who need to buy. How can you bring leadership and creativity to helping them get over the angst of the, the um, interest rate uh, mm-hmm. increase? And that's where you use your creativity. So if you can channel your creativity, it takes you to a whole new, new level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I get, you know, moving, pushing the conversation forward a little bit. Um, you know, I, I everybody knows, I, I would actually say that a, a limiting belief is everybody knows their worth, right? Or mm-hmm. everybody has an idea of what their worth is, mm-hmm. right? So, so some people, you know, they're worth, you know, $75,000 a year. Others, you know, think they're worth 150000 or 250000 or seven figures, you know, whatever it is that you think you're worth. And you know, I, I was reading something a while back is like, no matter what the climate is, you always end up making just about the same. And the reason for that is, is because you have this unconscious belief of what you're worth. Right. And so when, when times are good, you're going to hit that worth and then you're going to mm-hmm. back off and you're going to kind of coast a little bit. Right. And th- those are going to be the good times, if you will. Right. But when times are tough, you're going to, you're going to end up working harder. You're going to end up working more. You're going to end up being a little bit more creative so that you can get to that worth value. Right. Once you get there, then you're good. But it's kind of, if you look at the trends and the cycles, at least according to this, uh, this article or whatever it was that I was reading is that you're always going to end up about the same. And the reason for that is because that's your internal worth uh, you know, value. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think is what you're going to find or what a lot of people are going to find is that they're going to inevitably make the same that they made last year or close to it. They're just going to work a lot harder. They're going to work a lot differently. They're going to work a lot more strategically, creatively, et cetera. And so, you know, what's going to need to happen, I would assume so, right. Because again, everything's been, you know, it's been relatively easy the last two to three years is, mm-hmm. you know, now we're going to have to work hard. So next year, about the same time, we're probably going to look back and go, wow, I made the same amount, but it was so much harder. What did I do differently? Right. So that way, mm-hmm. when the market turns again, whether it's, the you know, whenever that be in six months, a year, two years, three years from now, like to where we can break that glass ceiling of, of, of personal worth and value and, and truly mm-hmm. level up. Right. So mm, that, you know, mm. instead of being a uh, 75 or 150 or 250, we can be a 500, a seven figure uh, worth person that, you know, and, and that's to some degree, you know, what I'm even excited about, right. Is, is to say, you know mm, what, like, mm. let's figure out what my internal worth value is and let's figure out how to break that because I'm going to hit at least what I hit last year, if not more. Right. Mm, and. Mm. And so I, I think yeah. it's really telling time for people if they take it, you know, if they can look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a fantastic point. And I and and I do think how we view our worth, it can be limiting. Uh, I also think that one of the questions we can ask ourselves is how can I take 
my worth and the skills I have and make a big move during a time that is unexpected. So when we all will have times in our life where we have unexpected events, whatever, and those are also opportunities to make a move that you didn't expect, right? And so if we can sit with our worth and say, okay, I will, I will move to that level of what I think I'm capable of. But if we're also willing to look bigger and say, wow, there could be a big move at this moment, you know, I can, I can take on bigger, like during COVID when the physical space was available, right. For the, the gym owners, I know we were, we had, you know, clients that were in this physical fitness area. And it was a time I can expand my studio for a lot less because, and, and that's risky and it's unexpected, but that might be a big move in real estate. This might be a time you move in and start working with buyers and sellers you didn't expect and think creatively. And so, um, so I would encourage our agents not to limit themselves at their worth and not to say, I'm going to make what I made. Um, I'm going to have a mindset of I, I could possibly make more during this time. And I know I've seen it bear out in, in my own experience um, sometimes and sometimes not. But even if we made less after a big move, we were different because of it and we were better because of it. So I still say it's it's the better way to go. That's awesome. Well, I know we're coming towards the end of our uh, our time here. Kari, if, if people want to learn how to get better, if, if anybody wants to reach out to you, what would be the best way to, to do that? Well, um, through, uh, through Redux and, um, you know, my email, um, kari.meyer at theredexgroup.com. Feel free to send me an email. I'm yeah. happy to, uh, to chat with you at any point and talk it through. So. Yeah. So if anybody has any questions on how to how to create a, a system, you know, this is some of the stuff that we're doing. And, um, you know, the reality is a lot of entrepreneurs, they just need need to get into a system. I remember hearing a guy that I, I respect a lot, a guy named Tony Evans. And I remember him speaking one time and he said that uh, a lot of us, you know, it's like a kite, right? The kite is great if it's got the string, but as soon as you cut the string, you know, it, it, it no longer keeps flying. It just flutters down. And I think us as entrepreneurs, a lot of times we don't want to be entangled by the string, but the string is what keeps us in the air. And so we've got to be able to, uh, to be able to have the freedom to fly back and forth, but also the string that, to keep us in, in one place. And I think what Kari's talking about here is that, that idea that these systems um, that keep us in place, keep us on target are going to, are going to help us win. So Kari, this has been excellent. Thank you so much. Um, Jeff. Thank you. Um, Absolutely. Thank you again, Kari. Um, but this does conclude another episode of your uncommon lunchbox with your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff safe, right? Kari, again, thank you for being on with us. Friends, wherever it is that you are listening to this, iTunes, Spotify, you know where you're at. Go there, drop us a review, one star, five star, three star. We just want your honest feedback. Let us know how we could get better. Let us know what topics, subjects you would like covered. Anyone you'd love us to interview or uh, questions you may have. We just are here to help you get better. We'll be back on again next week. Look forward to uh, being back with you. Until then, continue crushing it and have a great weekend. Bye. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.